0: G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you listening here today. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really, my job is to help you navigate those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow your faith all throughout the week. Today, I sit down with Chris Podlick from Beyond Church, and we talk about part two of God just wants your money. We introduce the 90-day generosity challenge. And if you've got questions about what that is, I encourage you to head to our website, www.beyondchurch.com.au forward slash challenge to find out everything and to sign up to our email list over the next month. Apart from that, I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, if you heard last episode of the Beyond the Message podcast, you'd realize that we're making some references that apply to July 2021 and we're going to continue in that because yes the Olympics are on and Chris yes you are watching the Olympics while we're recording this podcast
1: I am I've got it set up on the iPad off to the side because funnily enough I am so invested in this kayak (laughs) race. I know nothing about it yeah I just I was watching the uh no yeah the canoeing the other day is I think I think it's the canoe Mm. and the Aussie was the fastest through all the heat and then just like devastation lost in the final but she's got a chance for redemption in the kayak today we, we love it oh, in story the canoe today. yeah so i'm just fully invested in this sport i know absolutely nothing about i love it i mean i just did a chapel message
0: on uh on the olympics and okay. we watched a live event and it, like, one of my points was that it's one of those things where you just get hyped about it and then you don't look at it for four years, and then you get hyped about it again. Like, I got everyone to put their hand up. Like, if you've watched the swimming race in the last four years, put your hand up. It's like, no one. And then it's like, how many have you watched in the last, you know, three days? Oh yeah, I've watched them all.
1: Yep. All of a sudden it becomes the most important thing. And, <laughs> oh, it's obsessive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was watching judo, badminton, table tennis. I even looked up my local badminton club. I was like, damn, that looks fun. It looks good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and i just i actually love the stories behind it like i really enjoy listening to the stories of the different athletes there was one inc- incredible one last night about the box uh female boxer from australia who mm. lost her brother she never met her brother and she was competing at the games it was like it was just a really cool story unreal oh well we could talk about the olympics
0: Till the Aussies come home, um, but we won't. We will move on because you came here for the Beyond the Message podcast. That's what we'll give you. And we are in a series called God Just Wants Your Money, part two. And in part one, we just discovered that God just wants your money. Um, so I'm looking forward to this part two. And we're talking about how we can take a step forward in our generosity journey. Uh, Chris, is there anything from the outset you'd like to jump in with? Otherwise, we'll get cracking straight into our four questions.
1: I think I think you've set the tension up
0: well. I don't think I have anything to add to that. That is wonderful. Well, I'm going to hit you straight with a big question. Sure. Um, and we are talking both about you know our relationship with God and mm-hmm. money for this uh, for this episode. If you didn't quite catch that, um, it's not on Beyond a Home. I just I was just going to give a nice little um, plug to Beyond a Home, but this is what we talked about in our AM and PM service. Um, But Chris, I want to ask how do Christians navigate the tension between our love of God and our love of money? And my kind of like second question is, well, we need money to live, right? Like we can't exist in our society without money. So how do we actually live in that
1: tension? Mm, It's good. And I think, well, I think the first thing to kind of acknowledge is that um, I think we kind of use that second question for a lot of areas of life that maybe we don't want to acknowledge we give enough priority to, or we don't give enough priority to, because that, it's that classic question. Like, Oh, well, we need money to live. Right. So like, surely God wants us to have money, but yeah. then it's also on the flip side. We get questions like, I just don't have enough time to exercise because because oh, it takes so much time or takes a lot of effort to eat healthy. So I don't know if I want to eat healthy or oh, I'm just so busy. I don't think I can join a group. And really what we're saying there is like, Oh, does God really want me to make this a priority does God really want me to make community a priority does God really want me to make um giving or generosity a priority and so I think that's the that's the first question uh and the reason I I, so I, I think that we what we have to understand is what's the priority in in life and at the end of the passage we looked at in Luke 16 on the weekend Jesus sort of sets up this or kind of he's telling this parable and we can go into it a little bit more if you want but effectively it's kind of like he takes this u-turn or this like abrupt uh left-hand turn and he just pretty much says you cannot serve both god and money in other words like we we kind of structure and prioritize our lives around something and then everything else takes priorities based on that and so the question we kind of got to ask is what's taking the number one priority in life and then what's falling in behind that um and then in the parable we looked at on the weekend it's from Luke 16, um, which for those people who know their Bible pretty well will know that's after a very famous chapter in Luke, where Luke sort of tells these three, uh, three parables, like the parable of a lost sheep, a lost coin, and then two lost sons, um, often called the parable of the prodigal son. But what most people might not know, um, in the Greek text, there's this little conjunction used that joins together Luke 15 and 16. Because remember, um, we added in our chapters and verses later. And so one thing that Jesus is doing in highlighting what the, the parable that we looked at on the weekend, he's contrasting it with the parable of the two lost sons and saying, hey, there was one son who really didn't know how to use his money well. Now in this parable, let me tell you how to use your money really, really well and how to navigate that tension that you might feel exists between God and money. That's really cool. And I'm going to
0: go out on a limb and say, people weren't aware of that. And they don't know their Greek. That are listening to this <laughs> podcast. They come here for Olympic commentary and now they've learned a lesson on Greek. Um, agree, but I, yeah. I do love that, that some things Jesus uh, talks around about or he uses stories, he uses parables, parables, sorry. And sometimes you're not 100% sure about what he's saying. But I think in this instance, like you cannot serve both God and money. He's just like, yeah,
1: I'm just going to tell you this one. Um, I'm going to let you know. And when you, when you contrast it with Luke 15, what you actually see is the, the son who threw his money away and spent it on certain things really ended up feeling this deep, hollow void within inside himself where he, where he felt empty. And so kind of what Jesus is doing is contrasting it and say, hey, actually, God's approach to how you handle your money actually is to help you have the, the fulfilling life that you want. Because if you take your approach to money and if we take our natural approach to money, it'll probably end us lead us down a place that we we feel like we want in the moment and then we get there and we're like, oh man, this is not what I thought it would be. Yeah, that's good. Moving on, you um, used
0: a bit of alliteration. I love alliteration. alliteration. Yeah. And um, with two words that we don't really use in our kind of common uh, language. So use this term, shrewd steward. It's kind of a tongue twister as well. Um, steward. And I just like if you could um, let us know what that means and what it actually looks like to be a shrewd steward. I've got to say that really slowly, otherwise I will slip up there.
1: Well yeah, it's kind of it comes from, um, comes from verse 8 of chapter 16 and the point that Jesus is driving on in this parable is he actually because remember if you remember back to last episode, in most of Jesus' parables, the owner or the rich person or the point person in the, in the parable is God. And so effectively, Jesus is kind of saying that God in verse eight admires the shrewdness of the uh, of the dishonest rascal is how the NLT um, puts it. And so and then he kind of goes, he goes, well, actually, he kind of makes this contrast between people, of the world, in other words, non followers of Jesus and followers of Jesus. And he says, actually, people who aren't followers of Jesus are actually more shrewd and actually better um, in the way they go about. Are handling their finances often um, are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light is, is exactly how he said it. And so really to, um, to be shrewd is to know what you're dealing with, to understand what things are, um, what things are set up and what your goals and objectives are. Um, so at the start of the parable, the manager loses his job and now he's got this goal and objective, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to do some things to help me move towards this goal and objective." And uh, I might have been a little blunt in the message on the weekend, but I kind of just said that I think one of the reasons that God talks about this uh, this steward being shrewd, I got there. In the <laughs> you end, got it. <laughs> uh, is because he he was honest about what his goal and objective was. Hey, I want to find a job for myself now that I've been fired, and I'm going to do everything and align everything in that way. Whereas sometimes Jesus followers are like, oh, yep, God's my number one priority. God's all that there is. But then they just say that and the way that they live doesn't reflect that. And so God's kind of calling us, hey, just be honest. If you say you got a goal and objective, then go for it. But don't say your goal and objective is to make me your number one priority if your life is not going to reflect that. Um, and so I would say that if you want to be a shrewd steward, um, it's just to be you know, if you want to line your finances up with God's goals and objectives, that means often flipping the script on the way in which we have our finances. Often we live first, we save whatever is left over. And then if I got a couple of bucks, I'll give it. Whereas God's uh, view of finances is that we give first, we save second, and then we live off the rest. And so we've got this percentage of money that comes in. Um, so it's a hundred percent, whatever you comes into your bank account, most people will live off like 110% because we got credit cards, but we don't want to do that. Um, so we want to pick a percentage to give and say, Hey money, you don't control me. We want to pick a percentage to save. And then we want to live off the, whatever is left over. Yeah, that's awesome. And I liked on Sunday as well, how you gave some
0: legs as how we can begin to be shrewd stewards and, uh, you've given us this challenge. Um, I would have preferred a nine day generosity challenge, Chris, to be honest. Um, I don't know how I sit with this, but you gave us a 90 day generosity challenge, three months. Mm. That's a long time. Um, can you explain this for people who might've missed out or people who are fascinated like me about this generosity challenge or people who need a little bit more encouraging?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, look, I, I just, I just think that oftentimes, you know, when it comes to anything in life, whether it's, Talking about generosity, um, whether it's talking about like, hey, here's how you begin to eat healthy or hey, here's how you, here's what you need to know about a particular topic. Often when you start to get all this information, it can feel a little bit overwhelming. And you're like, oh my goodness, like where am I supposed to start with this? And to commit to being like generous is like, well, what does that look like? And so I talked about these things called the generosity steps. Uh, really, because I just wanted to give people a framework for, hey, where are you at at the moment? Because you can't start where you're not, you know, and that's one of my frustrations um, with certain things, you know, people, um, and I think it's one of the reasons why we set ourselves up for failure in a lot of areas. We uh, don't actually take stock of, hey, where's my starting point in relation to this person I see on YouTube or this book that I read? And so the generosity steps, it was four steps. It was that you're a first-time giver. So you're kind of like, you know what? I've never given before. It might be my first time giving. Second step was that you're an occasional giver. So you might give every now and then uh, whenever you feel like it. You don't really have like a plan around it, but you definitely give more than once. Um, And then the third one is a percentage step, which is where you've actually kind of looked at your finances and you said, hey, I actually want to pick a percentage um, and our household wants to pick a percentage that we're going to be generous with. And then the fourth step I said is extravagant generosity, which is where you have a plan to increase the percentage and you might only increase it by 1% every couple of years, but where you have a plan to kind of go back and say, Hey, you know what? We, we picked that percentage a while ago, but can we increase that a little bit? Can we be even more extravagant in our generosity? And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to give people 90 days uh, to go on a little bit of a journey together and, um, and see what God does at the end of that 90 days. And so I just asked people to go to the website, beyondchurch.com.au forward slash challenge. And that explains a little bit more about the steps and a little bit more about the generosity challenge. And actually on that website, if you're someone who's listening to this, and you're like, I'd love to be generous, but my finances are in a mess. We actually have a really helpful uh, three-part series up on there by um, one of our teaching team in the North Point Network um, or the Irresistible Churches Network, Andy Stanley. And it's called, if your money could talk. So you can go and listen to Andy's three part series on that. That will be really helpful uh, Mm -hmm. for you. And I want for us to be able to go on a journey together to take this challenge and just to take that next step. And for the next 90 days, say, Hey, I'm going to take this step. And then over the course of that journey, um, I'm going to send you some emails. I give you the, I let you know uh, if you decide to be generous towards the church, which I think if you're a Jesus follower, everyone should have a plan for how they plan to support their local church. Um, I'll let you know where some of your generosity goes towards. I'll let you ask a bunch of questions. Uh, we share some content that might be helpful for you. And really, just we just want to champion and encourage you as you um, embark on this generosity journey. That is so cool.
0: I really like that. And apart from signing up to this 90-day generosity challenge, the last mm. thing I want to ask you, Chris, is what are some practical steps that I can take this week to be a percentage giver?
1: Yeah. So, I mean... If you're if you're kind of first time or occasional giving, um, I don't worry about this for you. You know, if you're just kind of starting your generosity training. But if you're someone who's like, oh, okay, righto, what does it mean to be a percentage giver? The first thing I would say is make it a priority. So, here's something that, I mean, I did I definitely didn't think about until I was in my in my twenties was the idea that uh, you are living off a percentage of your income. You probably don't know what it is though. You probably should. Uh, you probably need to know what percentage of your income uh, you're living off. And so what I would say is make a priority, make, make, um, make stewarding your resources a priority. And the first thing is to go, okay, what's hundred percent of my income and then pick a percentage that you just going to go, you know what, this is what I'm going to give away. Now, what percentage you pick? I don't care. Okay. Um, tithing in its true essence, uh, uh, which, which a lot of Christians talk about is actually an Old Testament concept. And some Christians think, oh, it meant 10%. Actually, when you looked at what someone would tithe in the Old Testament, it was probably close to about 25% of stuff that they would wow. have. So um, Jesus kind of introduces this new idea of generosity. Um, and uh, talking about that, I just think it's pick a percentage. I would say start with three or 4%, okay? Because you're not going to miss 1%. You're not going to miss 2%. But I would say, you know, pick three or four percent, maybe even pick five percent. Pick something that you are kind of like. Oh, I'm a little, little uncomfortable giving away that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so pick a percentage, and then automate it. That's the way that I would do it. Automate and kind of go right. Whenever that, whatever day you get paid, on that day, I have a bank transfer set up that it's just going to automate the first five percent, first ten percent, seven percent. Bang! It is going straight to the local church or part of it's going to the local church and part of it's going to uh, a not-for-profit that is really important to you uh, that way you've said it you have forgot it and you know hey i've automated this because it's a priority i automate it that's
0: as well it's as easy as that make it a priority pick a percentage and automate it and uh i promise you after a little while you won't even you won't even notice it it'll just go it's it'll it'll it might be tough to start, but it'll just go and be so easy
1: after a little while. And I, I awesome. guarantee people, I, I love that you pointed that out lot because it will be tough to start. It sucks to start. Um, but one of the great things and one of the things why I wanted people to go on this 90 day generosity challenge is because over time, God starts to do something really cool on your heart yeah. and you start to kind of be like, wow, this is, this is actually important. This is actually changing me as well as changing the lives of other people in the process. That's incredible. So God just wants
0: your money. We've established... (laughs) Well, we've established (laughs) a few different things, but um, we're really excited. God wants more than your money. And um, we're really excited that uh, from listening to this episode and listening to our Beyond series at our AM and PM that people would begin to take their first step forward in generosity. So um, sign up to the 9 Day Challenge. That is www.beyondchurch.com.au forward slash challenge. We look forward to sending content and being part of your... Um, yeah being part of that for 90 days with you and continue listening to the beyond the message podcast even though we're not talking necessarily about money or generosity uh, we're talking about all things that are going to help you on your journey in faith as well so thank you so much for tuning in today thanks cp for jumping into the podcast we'll see you next week